Thanks so much, Tim. And it's great to see you tonight uh, here live from St. Dionys Church in Fulham. And we are continuing our series at the moment on living a vital life. Um, this is, if you like, the GCSE uh, acrostic. You might remember uh, Mr. Grenz, uh, which was about movement, uh, respiration, growth. Uh, they're the ones we've done so far. And um, it's not passed me by the vicar, it's passed me uh, the, to these two, reproduction and excretion. Uh, within the sermon series for me to be responsible for. So um, next week, there's something else to look forward to. Uh, parents of small children might breathe a sigh of relief to know that I'm not going to attempt to go into all of the details of reproduction tonight. Suffice to say that every living thing uh, replicates itself. It reproduces. If it wasn't the case, then we wouldn't be here. And, and so this reality of reproduction of replication is a core part of what it means to be truly alive and certainly it's a central point of what it means to be spiritually alive. As I was writing this talk uh, I looked up the population clock which is uh, this interesting uh, sign which is constantly ticking to tell you how many people there are in the world and whilst I was writing there were 7 billion 823 million 385,266 people. For some reason, reason I can't help thinking about that sick person on that day. Who are they? Where are they living? What's going on in their lives? And today alone, there have been more than 243,000 babies born. Today is actually my son's 10th birthday. And lots of little photos are popping up on my uh, Facebook feed of his tiny feet. And I was looking at it now thinking, where's this gone? This incredible. This time has disappeared. Here is uh, replication, here's reproduction in action. But, but what about our spiritual uh, reproduction? We, we might not find it very easy to talk about replication or reproduction, but it's, it's common to all of our lives. And it should also be common to all of our spiritual lives. The Christian life, in fact, isn't different to our physical life on many levels, since every single one of us who, who calls Jesus our personal Lord and Saviour have been born again. And what that means is that they're a product of, of reproduction, of spiritual reproduction. Think for a minute about the person or the people involved in that process within your life. For me, it's um, my Northern Irish pastor, Pastor Jim Davidson, who was the preacher and teacher in our family home church. And I remember, I must have been pretty young, I think about six or seven, and I heard him preach passionately about how much Jesus loved me and why we should become a Christian. And I remember saying to him at the end of the service, with some frustration, but Pastor Jim, how do I become a Christian? And he led me through that simple prayer of just saying sorry for the things that I've done, and inviting Jesus to come into my life and be with me forever. That was definitely the beginning of my Christian journey, at the point at which I'd say I became a Christian, but our responsibility for the Christian life and for Christian replication doesn't be begin and end at asking Jesus to be Lord and Saviour. We go on in our discipleship journey, and for me, I struggled in that midlife uh, to stay connected to God, and it was my dear friend, uh, Dan Brown, who was a prayer partner in my church, who took me under his wing and really led me to a sense of fullness of what it meant to be a child of God and then to want to replicate and reproduce the message of the kingdom of God in the lives of others. Now, whether you've got a name or not, 
I can guarantee you that there are Christian people in your story, people who are praying for you, people who are teaching you, inviting you, welcoming you, or modelling what it looked like to be a follower of Jesus. And all of those people were fully involved in that journey of spiritual replication. Now, I don't like the word replication particularly. It sounds a bit clinical. We aren't really just replicating ourselves for the sake of replication. It's not like we're a great spiritual production line here. The truth is that we are people who've been saved from sin and death and been born into the family of God, filled with his love and majesty and goodness. And we're children of a promise. We're children of a promise of the future, that our lives are hid in God's life, not just for now, but for eternity. You see, what motivates us in the Christian life to see replication is the individual transformation of those who are lost into those who are found and loved. But what inspires us in the Christian life is seeing how everyone has played their part. And suddenly, it's not just one person, but many people gathered here, worshipping Jesus together. That's the church. And that's the church around the world. Because, praise God, thanks to that journey of replication, there are billions of people who know and love Jesus and experience and know his love for themselves. So our passage today from 2 Timothy verses 2, 1 and 2, chapter 2 verses 1 and 2 and then 8 to 10 reads like this. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. Remember, Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Paul is writing to Timothy and he uses this language of family. He says, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Of course, Timothy wasn't a physical son of Paul, but he was a spiritual son. Uh, When we're born, the parent's responsibility doesn't end. You you don't sort of give birth and then suddenly go, oh, great, praise God, I've done my job now and I've performed my duty to the species to to maintain uh, our our, our genus and I'm going to just walk out now and kind of get on with the rest of my life. In fact, quite the opposite is true. When a child is born, that's the kind of easy bit. My wife won't like me for saying that, but that's the painful bit. But, But when you get to that point, suddenly you're hit with this huge burden of responsibility. Of now, not only have we given birth to a child, but we've got to raise that child up. The same is true when we become spiritual parents. Our work isn't just leading someone into the new life and new birth of the kingdom of God. Our job is to grow them up in that same body in order that they would come to a place of 
confidence where they might also seek to replicate or reproduce their own spiritual selves for the sake of Christ. And so Paul invites his son Timothy, be strong, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I want to grow you up to this. We want to pass on all aspects of the vital spiritual life. And that means passing on the passion to replicate and to reproduce. You know, many Christians today feel a bit embarrassed about evangelism. That's the work of spiritual reproduction. They say things like, oh, but my faith is private, Will. You know, I've got a private faith. Or, um, I don't want to offend anybody. Uh, I don't want to offend someone, so I I want to keep this to myself. Or just, I'm just not that sort of Christian. As if there are other sorts of Christian who do want to replicate. But you can't grow unless you reproduce. And Paul uses two Greek words in that first verse, which are important to us today. The first one's dynamis, which is the word for power, which also is the word for dynamo. It means that there's energy being created uh, from this grace. And the second word is charis, which means grace. And what Paul's saying is, make strong grace, or make the case for grace. Really, the instruction here is not to say, ah, grace isn't something that's important to me or or grace is something that I think might embarrass me or grace is something that I think is optional to me. The Christian gospel is all about this grace and Paul's saying make a case for grace. Make the case. Share. Grow. Be fruitful. Reproduce. Because this message isn't just for you. This message is for the whole world. You know in a world of um, insecurity and uncertainty Paul is challenging Timothy to become a spiritual parent. And we can think, oh, well, this isn't the right time. COVID times. You know, we need, we've got other priorities, other things to think about. Um, we, we've got other important concerns. But Paul was concerned. And he was often shipwrecked or, or, or running away from people or in prison or dealing with famine or drought or discord of some sort or other, but he made it his priority to spiritually reproduce. He said, this isn't something I'm going to wait for the good times for. This is an essential to living the Christian life now. You know, 2 Timothy 2 verse 1 and 2 are important to us because they're a model of spiritual multiplication, not just spiritual addition. If you were a farmer and you went out to your field and you said, I'm a really good farmer and I'm going to plant diligently and I'm going to plant this seed and that seed and this seed and you've got a one-for-one return for your investment, that would be quite a depressing way to farm. If you spent the whole year to farm and you just got back exactly what you put in, you'd probably give up farming pretty quickly. And you know, the biblical model of doing this work of replication is not just, it's not just the one-for-one, it's the one-for-many. You see, Paul is passing this message on to Timothy, and Timothy is then passing it on to reliable men and women who are then passing it on to others because they've been qualified to teach. So this passage is particularly important. This verse is a fourfold model of replication. It started with Paul being converted on the Damascus Road by the voice of Jesus. And then that conversion led to the conversion of Timothy, who becomes a spiritual son. 
And that led to the pronouncement to the men and women who were reliable witnesses, also converted by that same word. And that led to a multiplication of that same replication across all of these others. You can see there these four levels of replication. You never know what God is going to do through your intention. Our society has certainly become significantly more individualised over the last 50 years. We think in more insular terms than we've ever done. We assess our direct community impacts. We estimate you know, what difference we've made to the community at large. And we talk a lot about measurables, as if everything is measurable. But the kingdom is something that's seen and unseen. And the God is at work in all of the mystery of our world, including the fact that we're speaking to you now through digital technology. Who knows who might be encountering this message? This has impacted our view on spiritual replication too. We've tended to either believe that we have a great impact or that we have no impact at all. And the result has been that the work of spiritual replication has ended up being hoisted onto a few evangelists or specialists or courses like Alpha or Christianity Explored, which are all brilliant. But if we've professionalized the work of growth, then we've also stolen an opportunity for life from the saints because we're all called to participate in this message. It's not a kind of a work for specialists. Of course, Jesus says, you know, that there are some, equipped. Paul says that there are some who are especially equipped in the work of evangelism, and we all know that that's true. But just because some are equipped, it doesn't mean that it's not the responsibility of many. It's all of our responsibility. Are we going to abdicate for the sake of others? Or are we going to see others and acknowledge that we're called to be part of their story? You see, the work of replication and reproduction is the responsibility of the whole church. Praise God that there are brilliant specialists. It's amazing that there are people who are gifted to talk to people in ways that other people may not be. But that doesn't mean that we can abdicate responsibility for all participating. Paul says in Romans 12:5, So in Christ we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all of the others. Just as much as the physical body is designed with reproduction in mind, whilst noting that that's not always realised, our spiritual body, the church, has been designed by God to reproduce on both a micro and a macro level. We're called to the ones and twos, and we're called to the many, to the others. And Jesus' commission in Matthew 28, 19, he says, go and make disciples of all nations, go and make others of all nations. And we're called to make others of all nations. So whether you're watching this in South Africa, which I know a few of you are, or whether you're watching this in, in Fulham here in southwest London, we're all called to make disciples, to replicate, to reproduce, to participate in this work. And what I love about this fourfold replication in 2 Timothy 2 verse 2 is that it shows us that that one seed planted isn't one seed harvested. You know, the reality is that God is doing this incredible work, sharing strong gain. Grace is not a one-for-one -one exponential, as I've said. Jesus says in Matthew 13, 8, that the seed that fell onto the fertile soil produced an exponential crop, one that was 30, 60, and even 100 times what has been planted. You are called to participate in that work, that work of multiplication, 
And what an incredible joy it is. In this individualized world, you're likely to believe that your role in the fulfillment of the Great Commission is insignificant. But tonight, I want to tell you, it could not be more important. We have no idea of the impact of our stuttering attempts to share strong grace with others. A number of years ago, I went out with a girl who wasn't a Christian. But in the context of our short relationship, I tried to tell her about my faith in Jesus. Shortly after, I abruptly terminated the relationship and I felt really bad about it for a long time afterwards. And we had no further contact. Four years later, I received a letter to my workplace from this woman. She'd become a missionary in South America, in Brazil, and was actively leading people to faith in Jesus Christ. She wrote to me to say thank you so much for sharing the most important message of my life with me. Now, what I felt ashamed of, what I felt embarrassed about, the fact that I thought my terrible witness could only have done harm, was undone by the fact that God redeems all things, even the most broken. And God had used me in, in, in all of my failure and weakness to lead this young woman to faith in order that others in South America might be reached with the gospel. Who knows what God might do with you and within your life? The preacher Billy Graham, a man I saw live at Ipswich Football Stadium when I was about five years old, I don't remember it particularly well, has preached to over 215 million people in 185 different countries. But you know, the person who led him to Jesus was a relatively uncelebrated evangelist called Mordecai Ham. And Mordecai, I don't think he ever left America, but he had no expectation or no anticipation or no understanding of what would happen through the young man who was at that altar rail that night. That young man who was resisting faith but then gave in and invited Jesus into his life and spent the rest of his life sharing strong grace with the world. You've got no idea what God is going to do. But what I do know is that if you've become a Christian, God wants you to be part of that body, fully involved in the growth of that body. He wants you to be involved in the process of replication and spiritual reproduction. Not to say I'm out, or I'm no good, or I'm gonna get embarrassed, or I'm gonna embarrass someone else. But to say, if I'm part of this body, I'm in. I wanna join in, and I wanna see other people receive knowledge of the strong grace of Jesus Christ, in order that they too might be transformed. If there's one thing that I believe is inhibiting the health of the UK church today, it's the professionalization of ministry and specifically the idea that church growth is some sort of specialized wing of that professionalized ministry. I believe the enemy wants to turn the church into a shop with producers and consumers. But Paul says in verse nine, God's word is not chained. It's unchained, it's free, and God is calling us to a unity of our mission and of our purpose. We're called to this vital life of replication in verse 10, that others may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. That other's word again. That others may obtain that incredible promise. Friends, this isn't, 
This isn't just a nice to have, this is a life or death to have. If we care about our neighbour or our community or our friends, let's make the strong grace of Jesus known to them. Let's decide that we're in right now. That means that the invitations that we make this Christmas, the welcome that we offer, the smile that we give on the corridor or, or, or the shopping that we seek to provide for a vulnerable friend, the coffee that we brew or the toilets that we clean or the money that we give or the sermon that we preach, these are all fundamental to the sharing of strong grace. We are all part of this body seeking to make Jesus known. You know, I'm conscious tonight in lockdown too that our circumstances more than ever could drive us to the perception of a professionalized ministry. But I want you to know that right now you're participating. And I want to invite you right now to bring to mind somebody for whom you'll pray. Someone for whom you'll seek to become a spiritual son or daughter. Someone who you'll invite or encourage or model. That Jesus in you might be, become Jesus in them. You know, Jesus said that he loved the whole world. That he wanted everyone, the lost sheep on the hill, the lost coin under the table, the lost son. Everyone was to come. Everyone is precious. Everyone is loved. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son. So that whoever believed in him might not perish, but might have everlasting life. The message is the same. Our journey is to make that message known. To seek spiritual reproduction, spiritual replication in our broken and hurting world. It might not seem like it's the right time. But I want to tell you it's the perfect time. It's the perfect time to seek the growth of the church. Because the growth of the church is the salvation of the saints. It's one broken and hurting person finding the knowledge of the love of a God who went to the cross for their sake. Are you in? St. Dionys, are you in? We're going to do this work together. Are you in? I want to invite you right now to invite the Holy Spirit to do the work that we cannot do. So just in the comfort of your living room or your kitchen or wherever you are, would you just... Uh, maybe you'd like to stand or, or maybe just sit comfortably and open your hands just as a sign of personal agreement and pray with me. Jesus, I want to acknowledge again that you are my Lord and my Saviour. You've adopted me into your family with your strong grace. You went to the cross for my sake. You forgave my sins and you've made me new. And I can call myself a son or daughter now of the Most High God. But I pray, Lord, tonight that you would stir my heart to be passionate about reproducing myself and in so doing, reproducing your salvation life in others, that I might share my life in order that others might see what you have done, that you've redeemed me, that you've washed me, that you've called me, my, me by name. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you speak to any part of myself that resists that for the sake of embarrassment or the fear of offence or a belief that I'm not skilled. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you'd renew a passion in me to share the good news of Jesus Christ and Him crucified in order that all might know, others might know, 
and receive this good news for themselves and in so doing might grow your church that we might all be one day wrapped up with you forever in glory. For Jesus' sake, amen.